By a unanimous vote this spring, state lawmakers voted for legislation designed to increase transparency around the state's access to home program that doles out tens of millions of dollars each year to pay for modifications to homes so they can become more accessible for seniors and New Yorkers with disabilities. Currently, the Hochul administration shares a broad list of funding recipients that they give money to each year, but finding additional information can require a heavy lift, and sometimes those efforts are fruitless. For example, state housing officials declined to discuss this issue on the Capitol press room. For more on the program and the push for additional information about its implementation, we're joined on the show by Alex Thompson, Director of Advocacy for the New York Association on Independent Living. Welcome back to the show, Alex. Thank you, David. And also returning is Aaron Beyer, Director of Administration for the Independent Living Center of the Hudson Valley. Thanks for making the time, Aaron. Absolutely, David. Happy to be here. Well, let's start with the Access to Homes program itself and what it actually does. Can you explain how it works, including uh, the work it funds and the potential recipients? So Access to Home is a program that is designed to help people with disabilities modify their homes to make them more accessible so that they can either continue to age in place in their own home or to prevent them, help them be diverted from moving into an assisted living or skilled nursing facility. A lot of times um, access to home is helping those individuals who would otherwise fall through the gap of other state home modification programs. So typically it's funding things like a ramp or some widening some doorways, doing some basic modifications to a bathroom to help ensure that that home can be utilized, you know, by the person with a disability, depending on their needs. The access to home program will fund homeowners, renters, people who own mobile homes, and it will typically fund up to about $25,000 in projects for individuals with disabilities. And does the money go directly to a property owner or or a renter to do the work? Or are there nonprofits or municipalities that are responsible for actually administering the program and coordinating the work? So typically they're, they're administered through a nonprofit or some entity and it comes from the New York State Housing Trust Fund, but that money typically does not go to the homeowner directly. Uh, so how it works is the property owner will apply for the service, um, go through that entire process, and be approved. Um, the nonprofit or the entity administering the program will develop a scope of work, which outlines all of the work that would need to be done, whether there's any demolition, new construction, you know, what materials are needed, all of that. They put together the full plan. That entity will also reach out to contractors uh, for bids, also making sure to reach out to minority and women-owned business enterprises uh, as part of that bid solicitation process. Lowest qualifying bid typically um, is awarded the project. You know, it's the lowest bid. But, you know, those bids are thoroughly reviewed to make sure that all aspects of the scope of work are being covered. Um, that review process typically happens at the the administering entity level, not at the state level. That entity would front the money 
for the down payment of, for the construction. Then, you know, once the work is underway, the entity would uh, monitor and just, you know, make sure things are going smoothly through that until it's completed, make the final payment, and then, you know, do a final inspection, make sure the work has been done to the specs of the scope of work. Um, once all is said and done, uh, the property owner signs a deferred loan agreement, uh, which is typically filed with the county of residence. And then the entity would then bill New York State to be reimbursed uh, the project cost. So right now online, I can find the annual awards that go out to eligible not-for-profits and municipal applicants including the award amounts and the general service areas that are being beneficiaries of this money. So what information about the program are you hoping to get from an annual report that you're not currently getting from state housing officials? There's a lot of information regarding demographics, um, you know, geographic areas that are being served more specifically. Um, I know when Aaron and I had spoke about this issue uh, a while back, we had talked about an award being made to a provider that was only going to serve the, you know, a specific city upstate and not kind of the whole county or the surrounding area. And then you also have entities that are awarded money where they're so serving a multi-county area. Um, so we want to really make sure that the data is available that shows, you know, very specifically which people are being served, which people aren't being served. I mean, we were lucky this year to get a $2 million increase to access to home uh, to bring it up to 3 million. And the applications uh, just closed um, August 31st for this new, new round of funding. So, um, you know, that's great, but we really want to know, you know, where are these underserved areas? We know, you know, based on just talking with some of our member centers, our independent living center members, that, you know, in certain centers, they're getting, you know, between 30 and 50 calls at some of these centers, people asking for ramps. That's kind of anecdotal, you know, information. But, you know, as Aaron said, when you have $25,000 award for an individual, and then the, the money that's actually going to the entities is $150,000, it's, it's not a lot of money. Um, I mean, even if you were just serving one city or one county, I mean, you think of, you know, 30 projects and, you know, $25,000 a piece. I mean, that's just, it's not, based on the current funding, it's just not enough. And as, you know, as Aaron said, you have to reach out to your kind of local nonprofit provider. Not every geographic area right now has one, as you can see on the website. So, you know, this really needs to be looked at as a statewide program. We need to make sure we're serving all the state geographically. And we also need to make sure that we're serving everyone in the state demographically. Well, what do you hope would be the ramifications of getting this additional information? Is the idea that with a better picture of how this money is being spent and where it's being spent, state policymakers would invest more money into the program or that state officials administering the program would spread the wealth around more. It, it seems like what you're trying to do is use information to, to change behavior. Is that, is that fair to say? We hear from members of the legislature that they would like more data. 
So, you know, we go into a meeting, we're asking, you know, for something like $10 million and they, you know, they want to make the investment, but they also want to make sure that there's, there's data, there's a need. And what we've had to tell them so far is that, you know, we could see, you know, before this program, you know, was cut early on in the, the Cuomo administration, that there was a high level of applications. And so we've looked at the, you know, we can look at the dollar amounts because that's what, you know, data is available. But what we really like to see is something, you know, that indicates, you know, what are the wait list lengths, who is waiting, which areas really desperately need this infusion of money. And you're right, it, we're hoping it will drive policy to make this a, a more of a statewide program and make sure people are not being left out. Have either of you or your groups engaged with the state officials in the Hochul administration who are responsible for administering this program and, and tried to pry loose any type of information? And if you have, what sort of response do you get when trying to get a clearer picture uh, do they articulate why they release what they do or do or do they go radio silent on you i think the environment has has gotten um much friendlier i think what has really helped is you know governor hokel's appointment of a chief disability officer kim hill has been really great that we have someone who's a point of contact kim has been great about sharing information as the program funding has opened up. Uh, we've had back and forth communication with Kim and, you know, she's kind of the point person from the administration. So we're really grateful to have that, um, that point person. Prior to that, you know, we had to, we did file um, uh, FOIL requests with HCR to get that, you know, initial data that I was talking about before, where we were just looking at the, you know, the dollar numbers, the dollar figures. So I think, you know, going forward, we really want to, you know, build this relationship, but also, you know, look at getting data, because I, I think one of the questions in our mind is, well, you know, how much of this data is already being collected within HCR, and I think part of that is that it's not. So that's kind of the impetus for this bill, is that we can, you know, make this priority. Uh, they've got a lot on their plate already, but you know, this is something that's important to us and something we think there should be a focus on. Well, let's fast forward to a future where you are unable to get additional information and and without additional information, you can't advocate successfully for changes to the program that make it more widespread and more accessible. What does that mean for New Yorkers who are essentially shut out of the state program and don't have access to local uh, initiatives? Are they essentially trapped in their homes or or forced to move to institutional settings? So, yes to both of those. So I think, you know, there are different ways that could play out. Um, Many people are, become trapped in their homes. Um, Many people may opt for a family member helping them in and out of their home in a less than safe way. Um, So putting them at more physical risk um by you know taking a person using their wheelchair up and down a, a set of stairs uh for example people are people try to adapt and they will try to do what they can to get what they need to do to live independently done um however you know when it when safety is of such a concern um yeah quite often this puts people in much greater risk of 
being institutionalized in skilled nursing facilities. Um, and as you mentioned, David, they are far more expensive than a $8,000 ramp um, is, or that a $25,000 project um, could accomplish to help them just stay more safely in their own home. Well, we've been speaking with Aaron Beyer. He is the Director of Administration for the Independent Living Center of the Hudson Valley. Thank you so much, Aaron. Absolutely. And we've also been hearing from Alex Thompson, Director of Advocacy for the New York Association on Independent Living. Thanks again, Alex. Thank you, David. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.